Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, January 28th. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's what you need to know today. Renewed attention on who can carry naloxone. Plus, opting out of Valentine's Day emails. But first, today's one big thing. President Biden's two big lifelines. We focused a lot on the difficulties President Biden has been facing this January, but it's actually been a pretty good week for the president. The GDP is up, and he's got a chance to appoint a new Supreme Court justice. Here to wrap it all up on this Friday morning is Margaret Taleb, Managing Editor for Politics at Axios. Hi, Margaret. Hey, Nyla. How are you? Well, I want to ask how Joe Biden is, because the new GDP numbers that came out yesterday show the economy grew almost 7 percent in the last quarter of 2021. Is it something the Biden administration can take credit for? It's definitely something the Biden administration will take credit for, as would any president ever from any party in American history. Like, two huge lifelines for President Biden after a completely crappy run of several months now. Just look at the Axios headline from those GDP numbers. 2021 economy boomed at fastest rate in 37 years. That's 6.9% annual growth rate. And look at the other big element this week. Justice Breyer making the decision to announce his plans to retire at the end of the session, assuming that his successor is nominated and confirmed. President Biden said during the campaign he would nominate a black woman for that spot, reiterating those pledges now. That's really important for him because he has been such a disappointment to elements of the progressive base, African-American voters, Segments of the Democratic base that are really important have felt frustrated that he didn't move as fast as they wanted him to on voting rights expansions. And so here are two major chances to pivot, to change the message, to change the motivation and enthusiasm in his base, and to try to reassure more centrist Americans or swing voters that the economy is back on the right track. So there's a new poll in Georgia that shows Biden's popularity is slipping, Could the potentially good news this week help him get those numbers up? Because we've been talking about pretty low approval ratings for some time now. President Biden's approval numbers have been dropping consistently since the spring over the summer after the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And as the economy has gotten worse, his approval numbers were once above 50 percent. New poll just out from our friends at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution putting his numbers in Georgia at 34 percent. He's in real trouble. That shows how much of a drag he could be on other Democrats facing midterm races, but it also shows how much upside there is if he's able to take advantage of these two lifelines this week. There's a a big, broad potential path for comeback if he can stay on track and make the most out of it. Margaret Taleb is the managing editor for politics at Axios. Thanks, Margaret. Thanks, Nyla. In 15 seconds, the latest conversation around the life-saving overdose medication, naloxone. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. The conversation around schools stocking the opioid antidote naloxone has gotten renewed attention after the apparent fatal overdose of a 13-year-old in Connecticut. He started suffering from the effects of fentanyl while in school, but the school didn't have naloxone on hand. That's a life-saving medication that can quickly counteract opioids like fentanyl and heroin. The teenager died two days later. 
Around 20 states in the U.S. allow schools to keep naloxone on hand, but not all required to do so. Sheila Vicaria is with the Drug Policy Alliance in New York, and she's here with what you need to know about getting naloxone to those who need it. Hi, Sheila. Welcome to Axios Today. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. First, can you catch us up quick on naloxone and what that looks like across the country? It sounds like schools are starting to stock it, but are we also starting to see people carrying it around? Naloxone, also known as Narcan by the brand name Narcan, a lot of people have heard of it that way, is the opioid overdose reversal medication. When someone is overdosing on an opioid, when administered to that person, can actually instantly knock off opioids off of those parts of the brain that stopped telling the lungs to breathe. And this has typically been only under the domain of medical providers who are the ones who can administer this. But due to the activism of people who use drugs and their loved ones uh, over 20 years ago, this medication was deemed safe enough to be in the hands of the public. Most states have created these policies so that actually the prescription can be handed over to organizations that can then give out this medication to anyone who goes through a quick training to be able to administer it. So when we're talking about anyone, we're talking about parents, we're talking about people who use opioids themselves, we're talking about business owners, we're talking about neighbors. What are the kind of cautions that we should know about this? So actually, naloxone is an incredibly safe medication, but sometimes when they wake up, they might start feeling uncomfortable um, withdrawal symptoms because basically it's going to put them in withdrawal. So they might start feeling hot and uncomfortable. They might start feeling nauseous um, and they might be a little disoriented. But other than that, there's actually really um, no adverse effects. It's quite a safe medication. And what do we know about the data for how much this has prevented deaths from overdose? We don't have clear-cut numbers on how many doses are administered every day or every year, but what we do know is that in communities that have higher access to naloxone because of community distribution beyond just for EMTs, that we have seen notable um, shifts in those overdose death rates. And oftentimes when programs that distribute naloxone ask folks about whether they used it, they'll often say, yes, I did use it and I'm here to pick up more. Is there research around naloxone use and, for example, if that lowers drug use or do we have research around the correlation for that for people who may be concerned that if Narcan is readily available that more people may end up using opioids? There's a lot of people who want to make that argument, but unfortunately, there is no data to prove that is the case. And what we know increasingly is that our drug supply has become increasingly um, adulterated with fentanyl and other substances so that even people who are trying to stay as safe as possible can still be at risk for overdose, whether or not naloxone's available. Every time someone overdoses and unfortunately passes away, that was completely a lost opportunity for us to help them and maybe even help them turn their lives around. Sheila Vicaria is the Deputy Director of the Department of Research and Academic Engagement for the Drug Policy Alliance. Thanks, Sheila. Thank you. There's Valentine's candy in the stores everywhere. But if you're dreading the onslaught of Valentine's Day promotional emails, I have some good news for you. Some brands are starting to let customers choose whether or not they get emails around these types of holidays. Axios says Erica Pandy has been reporting on this new trend. Erica, what are these companies doing? A lot of them are now offering these 
opt-out emails and this heads up to customers ahead of holidays that have to do with relationships like Valentine's Day or Mother's Day or Father's Day, which can be really difficult and triggering for a lot of people. We're seeing Etsy do this, the betting company Parachute is doing it, and the list goes on. And there are a couple of reasons for this. So one is that we used to see about 500 ads a day in 1970, and now it's about 5,000. So giving customers the option to opt out lets them feel like they have a bit of control over the ads they're inundated with, and that can be really, really good for the brand in terms of building trust. And also, when the brand is aware of, you know, a customer doesn't celebrate a particular holiday or doesn't want to see a particular ad, they can get smarter about what they put in front of people, and they also appear more empathetic. You know, in addition to brands trying to get insights on the demographics, they might also start to try to figure out what holidays people celebrate and see if they can filter ads by that. Axios Business Reporter Erica Pandy. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is brought to you by Axios and Pushkin Industries. We're produced by Alexandra Boti, Nuria Marquez-Martinez, Sabina Singani, and Lydia McMullen-Laird. Our sound engineer is Alex Sugiara. Julia Redpath is our executive producer. Sarah Kailani Gu is our editor-in-chief. Special thanks to Axios co-founder, Mike Allen. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening and have the best weekend. What Next is a daily podcast from Slate that helps you make sense of one news story in less than 30 minutes. When the world feels overwhelming, host Mary Harris is here to help you answer What Next. You can subscribe wherever you're listening right now.